2015, when my late father passed away, we were prepared. We knew that he was going to die. Um, he had been in the hospital for five days. Uh, and the moment he died, I realized, okay, we're preparing for the funeral. And why didn't I think of this before? Because I was running around town looking for these little pocket Bibles. The story behind that is when he was a professor at the University of Tennessee, he taught physics and his students would come to his office hours and he had more than office hours. It was an open door and he would counsel them and they would open up about their lives and he would give them these little pocket Bibles. That was my dad's like what he gave for the kingdom mightily on the secular campus of the University of Tennessee. Uh, the legacy is the word that I was looking for. So I said, oh, I'd really like to give that to everyone who comes to his funeral. And it was full academia. They really honored him. Um, with from the Department of Physics and the University of Tennessee and the community. So here I am, you know, why didn't I think of it before? And I walk into Dollar Tree and there's this beautiful display of these pocket Bibles. And I had never walked into Dollar Tree and seen that before. And I have not seen that since. And I bought them, I think I bought everything they had and everybody got a Bible. There was a Greek Orthodox priest who at the funeral, um, he spoke, who was um, in charge of the ceremony, and he said, the family gave us Bibles, and in the Bibles, there's a little card, and it has a scripture on it, and he just loved it. So I've been looking for those little Bibles, and the same Dollar Tree, I asked one of the employees he's stocking, and he goes, Bibles? Then I went to another Dollar Tree, one of the biggest ones we have in town, nothing. Uh, they said, well, we're stocking. We don't know. Okay. I mean, I get it. There's supply shortages. I go to the one in actually close to where I live in a working class part of town. And I just find the little pocket Bibles. And so I grabbed them. I grabbed every single one, and um, this is fast-forwarding because I said I'd really like to have these little Bibles. Well, I went today, and they had five by seven really nice Bibles for $1.25 each at Dollar Tree. I want to tell you about that. The lady said you can go online and order them. I only found the pocket Bibles online, not the five by seven. But I'm saying all that to say I was at a Christmas party. And I was having this conversation with someone about, oh, it's not popular to be a Christian and a lot of people won't admit their faith and Christianity's under attack. And yet when I think it, there's truth to it, especially if you're online a lot, uh, it depends on what you listen to. And we're following what's happening with persecution of Christians. It's very real. And it's intensifying and it's happening in places that I haven't seen or heard from before. So it's very real. However, in the midst of it, I, I told him the story I just told you about giving academia, um, which they're usually more liberal and scientific. You know, scientists 
a lot of them don't believe in God. My dad was a scientist and he had deep faith. So I don't want to stereotype. Um, and they respected his faith. And so I'm telling him the story. He didn't believe me. I said, oh, that didn't stop us. We, everyone got a Bible. And I know we only had a few left over. Um, so that was to, may his memory be eternal is what the Greeks say. So now I carry the little pocket Bible from my dad's funeral that I have. And I've said, well, when I'm in public, I'm going to read it. Now I was on a cruise and it's interesting to watch people um, as I'm in the loungers during the day when you have some free time, just reading a little bit of the New Testament because it's a it's New Testament. The five by seven that I found today are old and New Testament and I couldn't find them online. And so I'm going to be going back there and asking them to order them. Uh, but okay, so the little pocket one and on the cruise ship, one person said something to me. It was a Jewish man. He was deeply moved. He said he reads Psalm 21 a lot. He wanted to know what version I was reading. He wanted to know if I was reading Psalms. Uh, I was reading the book of John. He told me that he has a Presbyterian pastor friend, and we really connected uh, so read Psalm 121. Um, this is since October 7th, 2024. Then I'm in, this is going to sound how it's going to sound. I'm in Malibu at the Country Mart at the Starbucks on Christmas Day. And I was in LA to meet family for the holiday. And they were coming to pick me up from Starbucks. And so it's Christmas morning and there's a bunch of bikers that had just finished biking and one of them, they're, they're all conversing. One group, they're talking about, one of them had applied to be the golden bachelor. And I really wanted to ask a question, you know, are you kidding? Tell me what was that like? But okay, I didn't say anything. I'm just sitting there having coffee and I'm sitting outside. And so these other two bikers are talking. And as one is leaving, he goes, you're reading the good book. I'm like, how do they know? You know, everybody knows that's a Bible. They can't really read the letters, but you know when you see a pocket Bible. It's very distinct. And so they were, so then one of them started talking to me about the Lord. And so that was really interesting. And that's that's what I'm doing. And whenever I'm in public, whenever I'm traveling, I travel with the little Bible because I don't want to carry a big Bible and the my eyes with the screen. And what I'm finding is it's a great way to silently connect with people and witness my faith. And I truly believe there's going to come a time, if you can remember when 9-11 happened, if you can remember 2020, when everything shut down in the world, people were a lot more open. And we don't know what's happening and how people are being affected. And I'm maybe something huge is going to happen again and people are going to be more open but it's also a really stressful time in our history. And people know that things are shifting and changing, whether they want to pay attention or not. Uh, so I have the Bibles to give to people, and that just feels really good. I just wanted to share that story to inspire you and to let you know if you go on dollartree.com, $1.25 each, and it's holding up with my travel, with my backpack really well so far. Okay, so staying true to the purest word of God is what we're talking about. 
This is a challenge that is faced by believers. And I do think it's a challenge. It takes a lot of intention. You just can't fly by the seat of your pants with God. You have to dig. You have to be intentional to seek him. You have to put your mind on him. It's something that's precious. And there's a challenge because there's so many distractions. It's not popular. And the closer we get to him and we get all excited, few can truly connect with that and have a conversation. So when I find that, it's like a jewel. I really appreciate it. Um, the Bible offers us guidance to avoid compromise and to be steadfast in faith. And so today we're talking about what does that mean? What does walking with him mean? Because it's not easy, especially if we're in a place where we're a minority as a Bible-believing Christian, uh, we may go through fire. We will go through fire. And are we still going to sit there and read the word when it's not popular? Are we still going to say, yes, I believe in Jesus when we're asked directly? I had a businessman ask me directly, and he knows part of my business is life betterment through God coaching. And that is the Christian part of what I do. Um, and he reacted. And I knew him from business networking. We had pretty good rapport. What did he expect me to say? I mean, I have a Christian coaching business. Um, I'm not pushing it on him. Um, I'm talking to him every time I see him. Hi, how are you? He was a radio personality. He since moved back to Florida. And then he apologized because he respected me a lot. But he just, I mean, I'm thinking, what kind of answer were you expecting from a Christian to give you? I said, yes, I believe in the Bible. <laughs> I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He's the only way to God. What else do you want to hear? I said it clearly to him. And he told me he was with Aflac like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And they used to pray at their annual conferences. And it was because of him that they stopped praying because he complained about it. And he was a real adamant atheist. Uh, and okay, so I witnessed to him and it was a direct question and I did answer. I wasn't ashamed of the gospel. So that's what we're talking about today in those social situations where it's not the popular thing and there's that direct question, what are you going to say? Um, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel 3 verses 17 to 18, they face the fiery furnace, they trusted in God's protection, and we need to do the same, even though it may feel like fire. We, we should not be conforming to social norms. When a pastor is speaking to something happening in society, the pastor, the Christian, that people, I mean, when they hear pastor, they expect you to be standing for what you believe in. Um, and if they don't expect it and you speak it, speak it. And if they put you through whatever they put you through, we re just read the book of Acts. You're going to be in really good company. And if, as you read the book of Acts, watch them truly rejoice. 
as they're in shackles, as they're in prison. They were in a flow with the Holy Spirit. They had true communion. Uh, and that's that's what we need, especially in these days in the West. We've had it good. We don't know what it's like. Just a little bit being talked about at work or being made fun of. Um, I was made fun of. Um, but that's that's nothing, nothing compared to um, what we might experience. At work, there's ethical dilemmas. There's pressure to compromise values. And we really need to trust God and stand firm in our principles um, and ask him for wisdom. I was in a very liberal field. I interacted with a lot of people who... who are defined currently as the left. Um, and I was, I mean, I'm so open to people. I'll talk to everybody and they would ask, can I wear this to work? Yes, you can wear it to work. Who am I to tell you, you can't wear that to work. And it meant a lot to them. Um, but I don't think they appreciated my traditional values at times. But I mean, it's work. I I don't know. I believe in living it in front of people and then let them decide. Um, but yeah, I faced situations and it was rough. And I sat through a lot of team meetings, my 25 years in different settings, hearing them talk about Christians, hearing them talk about faith, um, making fun and very secular humanistic work environments that I was in. Uh, and what good is it if we're trying to fit in or trying to blend in? We just wanna be ourselves. And when asked that direct question or when asked a question to have that influence and to speak truth and to speak it in love and with humility. So we, we need to teach this. We need to talk about it. Uh, I have, my realtor told me, and this is 10 years ago. He said, people are afraid to admit they're Christian. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I have clients and it's a rough time to buy a house. When is it ever easy to buy a house? Uh, there's so many dynamics happening. Uh, and he said, I said to them, well, do you pray? Because it was a really hard situation that they were facing and they really wanted this house. And he had done everything that he could. And he said, do you pray? Let's pray about this. And they didn't want to admit it. And he, he was like pulling teeth to get them to pray, but they were believers. And they just knew that it's not a popular thing to admit. And I live in the South. So that's just really interesting to me. Um, it's good to have that. That's why we need community. So we can be around like-minded people. We are social creatures. We need that. Um, just think if you go somewhere and no one's there, it's really not fun. Uh, and I'm a real introvert. So I like being on my own a lot. But then if you go to a movie theater and you're the only one sitting there 
okay. You could say I had it all to myself, but do you understand what I mean? It's nice when there's a group and people are laughing together, watching a movie. There's that community feel. We need that with each other as Christians. So when we're persecuted or there's odd moments or we're not sure how to handle something or not sure how to say what we need to say or uh, all of this, just navigating it. We need community around that to have these conversations. So we're not compromising because Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be, I'm going to, if you deny me, you know, what's going to happen? Um, he can't deny us, but we're going to have to face him. And he's going to be like, you denied me. And of course he understands the pressure. He understood Peter. He told Peter it was going to happen when Peter denied him. Um, and of course, he forgave him. So he understands the pressures. But I really believe the more we have community around this and talk about it, uh, then we're going to be able to handle it a lot better. And just saying, I I accept it. I accept this as a reality. The Bible is clear on how we should live. Proverbs. I think a proverb a day is good for us. Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Exodus 20, 15, um, talks about not stealing. Believers are called to embody truthfulness and resist the temptation to deceive or take what does not belong to them. So we want to live honestly. Uh, so this, when it comes to business, dishonest practices, being truthful in personal relationships and upholding principles of integrity online and offline. Um, so the practices of business, something that I've had to deal with a lot is, are they taking advantage of me? I'm a woman. I'm a woman who's alone. And I've had to deal with having my car fixed and... Boy, have I faced a lot of different scenarios. And I don't I don't know if they were always honest with me. Um, and having people come in my home and do work, and it has not been easy. Um, and I think being alone, single, and being a woman just has compounded it. Um, I started over 30 years ago with this. So there's a lot of history there. I'm sure it's gotten easier than when I started, but that sticks with you, what you go through. And how, were they honest in their business practice? Or did they need to meet a quota and they just exaggerated a little bit, overcharged? I don't know, but you know that's on them. And it's on all of us in doing our work as unto the Lord. Guarding our speech, the gossip, Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So we want to encourage one another and we want to refrain from talking about one another when we're not present. Um, social media is giving us ample opportunity for gossip. And we want to give guidance to people. Uh, we need to role model it first of all, and then we need to teach it and how to behave online, promoting positivity and avoiding the gossip online. Um, that that could be a whole series. Balancing our screen time, uh, 
this could be a form of idolatry, taking precedence over important aspects of life. And we need to prioritize our relationships and genuine human connection. And we just want to have a balance and keep it in check. It can be as addictive as eating, shopping, drugs, alcohol, as addictive. Um, we don't want to constantly check our smartphone, binge watch, mindless scrolling on social media, anything mindless, even people who talk about social media and being nudged. You know how we get those recommendations um, and or our feed is a for you feed based on what we like and how much time we spend on a post. The experts, when they talk about this digital age and the addiction and mindlessness around it, they say, be very mindful about it. You choose what you're going to watch. You choose who you're going to follow and what you're going to look at. Don't just let it guide you because we could get in that mode. And they are speaking to a connection that's happening um, in our brains. Literal, our brain is wiring around it. We do need to talk about how we live is important. Sin separates us from God. Uh, in Colossians 3.5, believers are urged to put to death the sinful Earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. So godliness with contentment is great game. It's one of my favorite scriptures to keep me grounded. Is just, I don't need more things, right? And I was thinking today, do I even pray asking for things? I really don't. I pray for my city. I pray a lot for my city. I'm here for a reason. I pray for my family. I pray for situations that I see. I pray a lot for justice. Uh, not, And I thought, what's the last thing I asked the Lord for? That's a good place to be because I just feel content is basically. And I'm seeking him first and let him add things to me as he wills. But I'm pretty, pretty happy. And that's a really good place to be. Um, then we're not moved by, oh, I didn't get what I asked for. Or why did that person get what I was asking for before me? All of that that goes, it distracts us. And we are to be about the Lord's business. These are really serious times. People, we don't understand what they're going through because everybody has this facade it's a professional face that we have, a public face, um, and we're in a time where people are very, they're going through things, especially since the pandemic. There was a lot of loss and a lot of change, and now we're seeing a lot of the integration of the artificial intelligence, and people are starting to lose their jobs. Things are changing in the world. I think it's happening pretty fast, even though we can't fully see everything. We just need to pay attention and pay attention to people. 
And that might, you know, when wherever we are in any given moment, just make eye contact and be polite and just be open to that conversation. So staying true to the pure word of God requires intentional effort. It's rooted in the scripture. And our goal is to remain steadfast in our faith. Um, and it is the leader's responsibility to teach this. And I, we can't teach it unless we're living it. And so it starts with being with the Lord and taking inventory and repenting to be able to teach these things. Um, I know if I'm going to say something, I need to have it right with him. And it takes boldness to say certain things. Um, and it's because we're at this, this time where there's a great falling away that's happening. There's lawlessness that's happening. It's probably the first time that I'm reading the Bible and it's amazing me that I can see it happening now. Other times when I've read, I've said, oh, okay, in the future, I believe this. But now I'm like, wow. Wow, we are there. There is true lawlessness happening. There's a great falling away that we're seeing in the church. And we need to be that sounding board to say, yes, we're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, um, not by works lest anyone should boast. It's 100% a gift. It's what Jesus did on the cross. And we have a relationship with him. And the Bible says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling are really strong words. And having that reality that we have a relationship with him. And what does he say to people when they say to him, oh, Jesus, I did this in your name and I did that in your name. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity because I didn't know you. So we need to know him through his word and be known by him, have a connection, worship him. And that word iniquity, that's what we're talking about today. Get it out of our lives. We might say, oh, that's a little white lie. That's a little white compromise. That's huge to him. And, uh, that separates. And then we're in this deceived state where we think, oh, it's all good. And, and we can have itching ears and hear the sermons that we feel good about it. And we're social beings again, right? It's okay. Cause everybody else is okay with it. I'm okay with it too. Look how they're living. And we, we affect each other in that way. So we be careful who we surround ourselves with. Uh, uncomfortable is good comfortable it's not so good we need to feel uncomfortable uh, so we can grow so we can uh, repent so we can see things for what they are and ultimately it is to be connected with him to have a relationship so wherever we are by us he can manifest his presence his love his salvation just naturally flowing through us it's not i'm going witnessing 
It's I am a witness and I'm walking with him. And do you want to know him? Um, I'm open to have the conversation. And I, there was another situation where um, I was having a conversation and I had this the pocket Bible in my vest all day. And I had been running around that day. I was with family, so it wasn't public transport. And I said, I'm going to be with family. Why am I going to have the little Bible with me? But I did. And then I'm having a conversation later on. And I'm like, oh, let me read that to you. And I pull out the Bible and they're like, what is that? I'm like, yeah, I carry it with me. So if you have a little jacket that you could throw a little pocket Bible, get a few and have them in a few places, you never know. I didn't expect it that day. And it was a hundred percent. That was a big hit. Um, and it was well-received. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for who you are, for loving us, for showing us uh, your personality and what you like and what you don't like and for giving us your word. And we thank you and we praise you that we have opportunity to reach our world where we are. Help us. Help us to see those opportunities and to be ready in season and out. And um, iniquity, help us to see it as you see it and help us to turn from it and to, to renounce it and to walk away from it. Um, and we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.